And I told her, I said, you know what? I am worn out with taking thoughts captive and I'm just done with this. I can't seem to gain any ground. I can't seem to, to, to get anywhere. I'm not advancing. I'm not, where, where's the healing and the health? Yeah, I can recognize those thoughts. I know them now, but I'm just not gaining traction. Hey there, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. This is your Christian thought coach, Victoria, and this is the show where we focus on living our best thought lives. It's where we chat about taking your thoughts captive, giving thanks in everything, and walking with a renewed mind. Sounds a bit lofty, I know, but the result is absolute transformation. Living in freedom and joy is possible. Stay tuned to find out how, and thank you for tuning in. In this episode, you'll hear excerpts from the Fired Up Mind Challenge session number four, which was all about roots and fruits. You may recall that the sessions before that dealt with our desires to reboot our brains, detox our thoughts, learn how to examine our feelings, and to figure out the very best foods we can consume to promote positive brain health and emotional moods. Today, we go deeper to the roots. We know that our thoughts produce our feelings and emotions, which in turn lead us to take action. Good roots always bear good fruit. And that's our goal as Christians. So let's jump in. What are some common toxic roots and their toxic fruits? Oh my And we think about this analogy, an apple tree has apple tree roots and bears apples. So a prideful tree has prideful tree roots and bears prideful behavior. And I think we could say that about any of these, right? We can look at this list and we're like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just yesterday, I displayed such pride on the phone with somebody. And I have this real sticky point in my life when I get on the phone and I'm trying to understand something about maybe a charge that was made. Maybe I have a question about a purchase I made or just it could be, you know, electricity, April, and and trying to deal with people. I really, for some reason, that's just like a mm, sticky point for me. And I have to be so careful and prayed up before I get on the phone. It's the craziest thing I know. And because I, I get very, I, I think I feel pride arising and I'm like, I've got to convince somebody why I'm right and they're wrong about whatever the issue might be. And, and I just want them to come to see my point and to credit my account or refund or, oh, I can just be that way. So I know that I, before I get on the phone, I can even be that way when I go to Walmart or Kroger, I can be like cantankerous toward the, the, the poor lady who's trying to check me out. I get irritated. And I did a, a, oh boy, I went into, somebody suggested a a friend said, Victoria, that's just pride coming up in your life. And I'm like, I know what I do. What do I do? And so I, for the summer, I studied pride. I looked up virtually every single Bible verse, scripture verse. I have a stack this thick of, of those verses and the conviction and walking through all of that. But even today I can, and that was a couple of summers ago, but I can still, I still contend with that. And, and, and because sometimes a little seed is planted in my heart and it's like, okay, there it is again. We know that your heart is regenerate and mine is regenerate. Regenerate. We are saved. We are Bible-believing Christian women and we know the word. We study the word. We love the Lord. With you know, We would say with everything in us, we do. Our salvation is secure. 
but still we struggle just like me when I pick up the phone I still have these little sticky points because I'm human also we're human we're not perfect people we're working out our our salvation and so forth and in Proverbs this this is so such an awesome verse it says watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life back in 2016 when I was when I was when I went through my deep, deep depression and when I was faced with, you know, I was at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom and I had some decisions to make about my health care, about my emotional health care, my physical well-being. And that's when my friend challenged me to learn how to take thoughts captive. And I took her up on that and my life has never been the same. And if you see the slide here, you'll see a little teeny picture. That's a dandelion. And so from that point on, I got really good. And I've shared this a little bit with you about taking those thoughts captive. And it's like, I would run out like my backyard. I don't spray anything on my yard. And so I have a gazillion dandelions and it's such a good analogy because I can go out there and I got really good at snipping the dandelions off, you know, the yellow flowers before they got their little white seeded balls that would blow away. I got so good at snip, 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 snip. I was really, really good at it. And I delighted to do that. And, um, and it was a real discipline for me because, and we've already talked about how we take our thoughts captive. We recognize and then we reject them. We replace them with God's truth and so forth. That, that little process that we already discovered. But, but um, for me, I, I grew a little bit weary in that. And I met with the same mentor friend of mine, such a, she's just such a dear friend. And, and, and I told her, I said, you know what? I am worn out with taking thoughts captive and I'm just done with this. I can't seem to gain any ground. I can't seem to, to, to get anywhere. I'm not advancing. I'm not, where, where's the healing and the health? Yeah, I can recognize those thoughts. I know them now, but I'm just not gaining traction. And she said, Victoria, I want you to think about your granddaughter. And I want you to think about how if, if you, you know, she's your child, and if you tell her, if you say, Ella, why don't you and I go out to the backyard and we're just going to start digging up the roots of these, some of these um, uh, dandelions, Ella would be so delighted to do that. She would be just to her, that would be like the most fun thing. And I would give her the little spade, the little tool, and she could, you know, throw it in. I'd show her how to do it. Would she do it perfectly? No, she would probably leave some of the root in there because they're, they're hard, aren't they? It's hard. If you've ever tried to dig up a dandelion root, it's not easy and you have to go deep and, you know, you can get those tools that look like long forks almost and they've got a sturdy handle and you plunge them into the ground and then you try to press down hard and it, it kind of comes up, but maybe it doesn't all come up. Maybe in that process, as you're doing that, some of those little white seeds fly off and they're going to germinate somewhere else. And, but the point she made to me that I've not forgotten is that Victoria, you are a child of a living God. He's your father. And he's just kind of saying, come on, come on over here. Let's, let's go out and let's pull up some roots. Let's do some root work. And, and your job, Victoria, as a child is just to delight to be with your father in this process. You're not going to think about, you know, oh, gee, am I doing it the right way or the wrong way? Or, oh, there goes another seed or something like that. No, you're going to enjoy the process, delight in being with the Lord, and just have fun knowing that he will bring the health and the healing. <laughs>
presence is the protection that you need. And that's a little self-care thought for us as we come into the, this process of allowing the Lord to, to really kind of dig and do some work in our hearts. And mind renewal is a daily process. We're never really off the hook on that, but that's good news. It's not distressing news. It, it, it's something that we have the privilege to be able to do. And the more we do it, the more we choose to think about what we're thinking about, the more we choose to replace the lies we have been believing with God's truth, the more that we say, Lord, you know, these roots are there. I've noticed them. Let's do something about those. Your father will rush in and help. You're not alone in this process. He wants to, to bring you to the point of health and healing. Here's another scripture that I love. I pray that you being rooted and established in love, and that's a little bit of the key for us, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide, how long, how deep is the love of Christ. And herein lies the key, right? It's four letters. It's love. We want to be rooted or we want to strike the root or to strengthen that word to be rooted also means to strengthen with roots. We want to strengthen to to become firm and established, just like that oak, that tree of righteousness planted by the living water. That's that's what we're becoming. We're going to be rooted like that and we're going to be fixed like that. And believe it or not, this particular word rooted only appears in one other verse in the New Testament and it's Colossians 2.6. It says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. It says, walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. So yes, we're going to be established firmly in Christ, welcoming this transformation in our lives. Every single day, we want to walk with a renewed mind, but we're, and we're going to overflow with gratitude in the process. I don't know. What are you, is this not good news? <laughs> I think this is awesome. It's hopeful is what it is. And we talk about the power of love. You can go look at the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, 8. It says this, still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. So, you know, if the power of, if, if love has a way of pushing aside fear and every single toxic root, and if it has a way of choking out all those toxic roots, then that's where we want to spend a lot of our time cultivating love in our lives, making sure that our hearts are, are, are tendered with quote, good soil. And then what will this produce in our lives? Just naturally, it must, it must produce the fruit of the spirit of love of God in our lives. There's no other fruit that it can bear. You examine your thoughts. And that's where I'm going to show you this method that I have used in order to get to those toxic roots that are there. So if we go back over here and we look at this again, all these that I mentioned, well, do you notice any of these roots or fruits in your life? We all probably do. I just told you yesterday I was contending with pride again, and I recognized it very quickly. Matter of fact, you should see my journal as I was repenting. I would have called the guy back that I was talking with, except it was a call center and 
I knew that I could not get him. And I was tempted to say, to just call and say, can you please email or can you please find? I only had his first name. At any rate, um, we all probably deal with this in some way or another. The trick is to address it. Don't let it just, don't let it go by. And what will happen is that you'll slowly watch them as you, as you know, the days pass. And as you continue to invest in yourself and partner with the Lord in this process, they will fade away through God's grace and his healing power and his healing power. It doesn't mean that as you're toiling and as you're yoked with Christ and as you're working with him, that a bird in the garden, my analogy of the garden, that a bird won't fly over, drop its bird poo, which has what in it? Seeds. And boom, there it is again, trying to take root in your heart, but you're going to notice it faster and quicker and you'll be able to deal with it um, in, a, in a healthy way that way. Do you notice any of this fruit in your life? Good roots and good soil bear good fruit. God will take care of those areas of our lives that are not productive, which means he's going to come in and do what? I mean, he's the master gardener. Well, he's going to prune us. You could have answered that question. Maybe you feel like you're in a season of pruning. And instead of asking the question, and by the way, your brain loves questions. Your brain is the most magnificent computer that God designed to calculate and analyze and, and figure things out. God gifted us with these amazing brains. These, I mean, mind-boggling computers, essentially. Well, they actually trump a computer because we have other values that a, and capabilities that a computer never could have. But God's given you this, this ability to ask questions. And so instead of asking the question and saying, oh, poor me or why me, right? Why me? Why is this happening to me? Why can't I catch a break? Because those questions only keep you in this horrible uh, cycle of, of, no real answer, right? And it's just repeating the, the why me, why me, why me cycle. But instead, what you can ask, if, you're, if you feel like you're in a, a season of pruning, and if you're really wanting to have a renewed mind and you're just hitting the, the fence on that, then you could say, Lord, instead of why me, you can say, what are you teaching me, Lord? What do you want me to learn? And then your brain will start finding the answers to that. And your spirit will be kindled and on fire for that. Because then, because, you know, it's just as if maybe your heavenly father is saying and kind of just nodding his head saying, now you're on to something, daughter. Now you're on to something because I am trying to teach you. This is just how much I love you. I don't want this, these roots. I don't want this fruit that I'm seeing. I don't want that in your life. I love you far too much for that. So partner with me and I'm going to cut and shape and redo. And you're, you're my beautiful daughter and you will bear these fruits in your life. God will certainly take care of all those areas in our lives that are not productive and that need to be pruned. It's not pleasant, but it is necessary. For growth. If in my life this fruit is being produced, 
uh, let's say you could you have this circle of all these those are the the fruit um, the aspects of the fruit of the spirit all of them mentioned all of them circling my mind and my heart if i have these that are being produced then i know that i'm walking in god's love his life and his life and what's more, I've kind of given this little picture here. I've imagined this to be the fruit, to be guards, like sentinels or guards at the structural gates of my heart, as, like, as if they were an interconnected boundary of protection or a wall around my mind. I borrowed this idea from Philippians 4, 7, which says this, the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so I wondered if peace is a guard, if peace is a guard, could all those other characteristics also help to guard my heart and mind? So in other words, when I'm producing, when I'm rooted in love, my mind and my heart is rooted in love, rooted in Christ, and then I'm bearing this fruit, it serves to be a nice barrier and a protection around my, my heart as well. And I get to kind of eat of that fruit. It's so beneficial and healthy and there's vibrancy and life in all of that. And before we go on, let's take a quick break from our sponsor. So the second way that we can tell if we have toxic roots growing or trying to grow in our hearts is via our thoughts. All right. Our thoughts will most clearly indicate the root. This is the process that we can do to kind of do some reverse engineering. So you know what reverse means? It means to go backwards. And engineering is just a fancy word we're going to use for this process. So we're going to reverse engineer and we're going to say, okay, I'm recognizing that I'm in this mood. We talked about them on Friday session number three, all about our moods and our feelings and emotions. So I'm in this mood and let's say it's a persistent mood. You know, we're all going to have this natural, we're not just flatlining it, right? If we were flatlining it, we would be dead. We're all going to have this natural up and down rhythm in life based on externals and also based on what we're telling ourselves and based on what we believe, because whatever we're believing is how we're behaving. And so that's why it's so important to take our thoughts captive in the first place. So, but our thoughts are quite indicative of what we're believing. And when we do a little bit of reverse engineering, we can get to those thoughts very quickly. And so let's say we have a persistent, uh, persistent negative mood that we're in and we just can't shake it. You know, you just notice you're like, mm, this is just lingering. That's kind of what I'm talking about here. Not the normal ups and downs. Although I'll tell you what, when I'm even having a normal dip, if I have a dip in my day, that's the first thing I'm asking myself is, okay, Lord, help me. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? Because I can already know that my mind is going to start dominoing and snowballing in the wrong direction. And I am not going there. So help me to figure out what I was thinking. I even do that when I just do a dip, a normal dip. If you're feeling like, man, I'm really in a stuck kind of place, stuck. All right. Then this method will might really, really be of help to you. And because, because often we recognize how we're feeling first right? You just suddenly think, oh, 
you know, I'm really sad right now or doggone it, I'm frustrated. Or, you know, like April shared her story of the, the electrical cord and how she recognized how she, she, it was this, just this kind of little bit of anger or frustration coming over her. She recognized that first and then she did reverse engineering to get to her thoughts and to figure out exactly what she was thought, um, thinking about. And, and you, you also may act out, maybe you, you do something that can indicate, you know, that's a, an expression of your thought or feeling. Maybe you say something or behave in a way that's not Christ-like. And we do those things before we really even recognize what we're actually thinking about. Um, so it, the trick here is to, is to notice our feelings and our emotions and then ask ourselves, what am I thinking about? And I'll give you a story here of how I did that. And this is a true story. And this was, I don't know, a couple years ago, a few years ago. And it was one of those days. And you know what I mean? I don't even need to say anything else. It was just one of those days. And I, I, we have my family celebrates what, what we call Friday family fun night and Friday family friend night. And we alternate between just my family, my four kids, their kids there. We, we've done this for, for years and, um, and it's transitioned and changed along the years because some kids have gotten married and they don't come that often others they're having babies. And so, but anyway, we've, we've, for the most part, we've kept it going for years and since they were little and, and so it was, I was, I needed to shop for that. And sometimes this was a night when I was going to feed about maybe 17 or 18 people in my house. And, and so I was out shopping, but it was late. And normally I never, I didn't shop that late, but this night it was almost 11 PM and I was at Kroger in Lexington. And, and so I was, I was so, you know, I was tired right? That's the, the big deal is I was, I was so tired and I'd had one of those days and I had, I was probably worrying and fretting and just, I was low. I had nothing to offer anybody. I had no emotional energy left. I had no, I was, and maybe, you know, I don't know. I mean, probably in that moment I could have said, okay, Lord help me or something, but for whatever reason, I didn't. I'm just being honest and transparent with you. Maybe you can relate. And, and so, so was, how was I, I, so I try to go, I have so much food in my cart. It is like the mound. It is, a, it is mounded over with mounded. I mean, just like the most probably I've bought in who knows how long there it was. I had it ready to go. Would you believe there was no cashier, no cashier. Now, right now, during these times, we might say, yeah, we, you know, the you scan is all you get to do. And so I looked for somebody and I said, excuse me, could somebody please open up a lane? I cannot imagine you scanning 3.5 billion items. Please, can someone help me? Well, ma'am, I'm sorry, we just can't. We cannot help you. Okay. I go through the you scan. I put the you scan through all of that. You know, maybe I did okay with that lady. I don't know. I don't even remember that part. This isn't even the part that I'm trying to get at. So now I'm in Lexington. I live about 25 minutes away. So I'm now driving there. So I drive home. I get home. I have two sons living with me at home at that time. And they were, of course, still up. And I had in my mind that, that they would immediately rush and help me with the groceries. That's what I was expecting. 
I even tried calling them and they didn't answer. Because I thought, you know, these boys, these are my, my, they will come to my aid. They will help me. I'm a, you know, I'm single. So it's not like I had a husband here who hopefully would have helped me. I don't know. Maybe you would have that expectation of your husband also. And at any rate, I pull in. It's now probably, I don't know, close to midnight or something. And I have to work the next day, of course, and all of that. And, and I walk in and I couldn't reach them on the phone. And I walk in. And they're playing video games, which they do. I love some of what they do. They connect. They're with people all over the world. They're with their brothers. They're, I don't have any problem at all with that. I, matter of fact, I love hearing them and listening to them chatter with each other because I can hear them. And, um, and I am now fuming. I'm now fuming. And this was the icing on the cake. I walked back to their room. It was freezing. And while my heat is running in the house, guess what was their, how their, what the state of their window was? Fully open. Because boys run hot and I run cold. I'm trying to heat the house. They're trying to cool it. And so that was, that was it for me. When I saw that window open, I'm like, I'm done. I cannot, and I, I lost it. I totally lost. They're like, mom, we're trying to get off. Hold on, hold on one second. Hold on one second, one second. We'll be, we'll be right there. And, um, and then, but now I'm huffing and puffing and grabbing and putting the groceries everywhere I can. And um, it was not pretty. It was very, very ugly. And what I'm trying to say here with all of this is that after the dust settled on that, of course, I had to, I, here I am right now, I'm feeling guilty after I just had this horrible display. I'm in tears and I'm crying and I'm trying to process all of this. And this is what I boiled it back down to. I had such a root of self-pity in my heart that was going on. And it was fully engaged in that, in that moment. I felt so sorry for myself that my boys did not come to my assistance and my aid. I even told myself things like this, like, after all I do for them, have you ever said that? After all I do for this person, and this is how they're treating me, after all I've done, I work so hard to make sure my house is heated. I pay the bills. And look, they've got their window open. They won't even, and I mean, I just went on and on, but, but I realized that I was so blindsided by, by and consumed with self-focus. And, and let me just say, should they have their windows open? No, we dealt with that issue because, you know, maybe I lower the, or lower the temperature and wear more clothes. Okay, we'll find something. We dealt with that issue. Um, nine times out of 10, because they know I have that sticky point about groceries and about needing their help, wanting and desiring their help. Um, they have always come to help me always just on that night. They weren't there immediately. Matter of fact, they called me, they fondly called me. You are miss right now. Because they said, when I say I want something, it's gotta be right now with complete disregard to what they might've been doing. And so I learned that. Um, 
and the Lord had tested me on that over and over and over again. But once I addressed that issue, I was able then to say, say, no, I'm not going to go there anymore. And Lord, I'm going to switch here because I don't want self-pity and I don't want self-focus. And by golly, you gave me two legs and strong arms to carry groceries. Second to that, I have money to buy groceries. Third, I had a car to drive those groceries home to a house. I have a home. I have finances and money and provisions from you to do all these things. I have, I have boys who love me and really would do anything for me. Does this make sense? Do you understand that for me, I had to reckon with the, with the, the notion that I was, I was giving full, I was bearing fruit of self-pity in my life. And it was ugly and it was bitter and it tasted awful. And I realized I don't want to do that. So now, when I pull up with, with some groceries, um, we, we kind of made, they worked through this issue with me. And they're like, when you come with groceries, would you be able to give us five minutes? And I said, yes. So now when I pull up with groceries, actually, these boys aren't here anymore. One of them's gone and the other one is hardly here. Um, and so anyway, it's, you know, but anyway, when I would give them that time instead of being that miss right now, that that prideful do it my way or no way, that self-pitying person, I was able to, to change. But I had to go back and recognize what I was thinking. And so I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm focused on myself. And then I was bearing that in um, in my life. I've learned to. um even when I'm in the midst of like maybe a rant, <laughs> I can explain why I'm feeling the way I am feeling and kind of like teach as I'm going, as I'm experiencing the feelings and explain why. And it, it kind of somewhat helps, but it would be nice to be at that. It doesn't happen very often, but um, to, like you said, you know, pause, and you know, ask for for a little uh, divine intervention here that um, I can maybe understand it before I get into into that state. Yeah, and that helps because recognition is the is the first step. So when I now when those feelings, emotions, thoughts of self pity come knocking on my door, I'm very quick now to say, uh, no, I don't think so. I am not going there. The enemy of my soul would love it if I went there. I'm not going to partner with him anymore on that. I'm not going to go there. You know what? I can also say brain, what benefit is it to me to go down that road? And then my brain, my mind will say mm, nothing, nothing. Maybe I'll learn something, but I've already learned that. So I want to put it into play in a new way. Um, and I wanted to give you all just another, I wanted to give you a little bit of a workshop about self-talk. Can you read those thoughts that are there on this um, thing? It says this, one of them says, my mind is so overwhelmed. I'm totally stressed out, obsessed with this issue, X, Y, or Z. I know all the right things to do, but geesh, I just need a break. Or something like this thought, God is not helping at, the, at all in this situation. I doubt he even cares. This is all too much for me. Can you determine what a root might be to those thoughts? I think for the, the one that 
starts the mindset being overwhelmed, maybe um, a fruit of being over overproductive or like um, always having to produce something that, you know, I, I just sense a, a busyness, a constant busyness going on. Yeah. Um, busyness, um, you know, production, workaholic anxiousness. Do you get that too? Stressed out, just feeling so anxious. And so these thoughts, even God is not helping me at all in this situation, you know, hmm, is that the reality or is that a toxic thought? That's a curious question, isn't it? God is not helping me at all in this situation. Have you ever said that? I have. Like, God, where are you, God? Okay, come on. Where are you? Yeah, probably said that before. And that might be a that might be rooted in doubt or fear even. I doubt he, he even can, definitely. That is just a, a, a huge doubt. I love that passage in the gospels where the father comes and says, you know, to Jesus, hey, can you heal my son? If you can, will you do this? If you can. And Jesus responds, if I can. And then the, the father says, well, I do believe, help me with my unbelief. So, you know, we can use that when we're having doubts, we, but we want to be honest, right, with the Lord, even when we're dealing with those things. We don't want to have cognitive um, dissonance, right, and create that brain damage in our brains. We want to say, maybe I do doubt whether you can help me, Lord, because that's honest and that's cognitive congruence. And then from there, I've said this a gazillion times. Yeah, I do doubt, Lord. I doubt. And so help me with my unbelief. And that's always a good place to, to start. Another thing from the little clip that we watched, uh, I guess, last week sometime was start saying, you know, I notice that I'm feeling this way. I notice that this is the mood I'm in. What are the thoughts I'm having? Do that reverse engineering in that way. And, and, and then, okay, I notice that I'm feeling this way. I'm having these thoughts. What what, Lord, are is the root here? What's the central issue? Is there a taproot there that I need to get at? What is it? And he will show you. It takes work with the Lord, and he will let you know what you need to do in order to get to that root and to really begin to address it, whether it's pride or self-pity, anxiousness, um, any of those toxic fruits and roots, he's going to be right there with you in that process. And I know we're getting close to the end here, but just I have just this one last slide and because I wanted to address the issue of comfort. If in that process of reverse engineering or if we're in the middle of a rant or if we're just noticing that, that I'm, I'm in this mood or I'm having, I'm noticed this emotion and this feeling, and if we don't really deal with it, and, you know, sometimes we can't deal with it. Sometimes I notice things at a time when I, I well, the instance of the grocery shopping trip and my boys and all of that, I went to bed because I was also tired, but I went to bed saying, you know what, Lord, we're going to deal with this and un unravel all this tomorrow. We're going to start on this tomorrow. So I had to create that space in my life to actually address it. So it's not like every time, you know, you're walking around doing your business, doing your day and you're like, oh, I got to stop, got to stop right here and think about what I'm thinking about. Think about what's the root, what is the feeling, what's, 
No, you just, you, you know, we have the mind of Christ. And so we learn what that means to operate in, in the way that we would have us operate. And he may very well give you a divine intervention and say, yes, go deal with this right now. But sometimes you may have to just make space in your life for that. And, but what happens if we don't, let's say we never address those feelings and those emotions and those root issues and those toxic thoughts. And I'm talking about persistent toxic thoughts, persistent um, roots, not just your everyday normal stuff. Although for me, this is my life. This is what I've made my life's work and pursuit now is, is being this thought coach and understanding the dynamics of all of this, which I use every single day these processes, but you may not need to. I have no idea. But if, but what I learned in my life is if I don't deal with those issues, those roots, the fruits, <laughs> the thoughts, the emotions, then I, I, I got to have some kind of comfort in all that. I got to be distracted from them. I've got to avoid them. And I've, and I've got to find something that will distract me. And so for many of us, we've already talked about it. Food does the trick, right? And it does it fast. And if it's not food, if it's not comfort food, it might be comfort Netflix, comfort porn, comfort shopping, comfort social media, comfort workaholism, comfort alcohol, comfort drugs, comfort laziness. And we could go on and on and on. So the question to ask maybe to leave you with is where do I go for comfort? What do I do for comfort? Where do I find it? Are, are there many ways to find, there are ways to find comfort. You may find that are healthy. You may find comfort in relationships, comfort in, um, you know, a hug from your, someone you love, comfort when you read, you may have all of those, those, you know, those chemical, those hormones that flood your brain as a result of a hug. It's huge. Or when someone smiles at you or seems, seems legitimately happy that you're here, those sorts of things, those, those, kind of elicit all those good, good comfort feelings. But we all know that, that we can't live for any of those that we only have to have God as number one in our hearts and our minds. And that he we, we can't have displaced love, but we've got to have God on the top. God has to be on the very top. And he is the ultimate comfort giver. His spirit is called our comforter. When you're having those feelings and those emotions and those mindsets, those moods and those thoughts, and you're ready to deal with them, then God will show up in a way that is so comforting. Just like with my little granddaughter going out to pluck up all the dandelion roots, she would have a blast doing it. She would feel the comfort of my presence being there. We would probably be laughing and having fun. You know, our Heavenly Father is the same. He will comfort us in the process as we renew our minds, as we take thoughts captive, as we give him our emotions and feelings and we pray through them and journal through them and dig deep with him. He will be right there with us. And that's what I got for today. So I'd love to know if you want to chime in or have anything else to add. It would be awesome. You stick around, want to chat. I'm happy to. I love the analogy. When you... You, well, it was an analogy, but when you refer to God as comforter, I just had this image of a comforter just being under it and him like just wrapped around me in it. 
um, I just love that word and, and that, that thought of him as a comforter. Yeah, that's a good word picture. I love that. Before we pray, let's recap all the takeaways. Number one, if you're not exactly pleased with the fruit you're bearing these days, make it a practice of getting to the root cause. Jot down behavior or feelings that are not in line with how you would like to behave as a Christian. It could be fear, addiction, bitterness, shame, jealousy. And then ask yourself, what's at the root of this behavior and these feelings that I'm having? Number two, once you recognize a feeling or emotion that you're experiencing that isn't exactly healthy or Christ-like, do a bit of reverse engineering to get to the thoughts you're thinking that lead to that emotion and consequently that behavior. And number three, often bad roots are established when we are looking for comfort. This could go way back to our childhood and the simple need we have to be comforted and protected when we're hurt or wounded in any way, emotionally or physically. I found it helpful in my life to analyze exactly what I do now in order to find comfort. And I ask myself if it's a healthy behavior or if it's an action that puts me in a cycle of discontent and emotional barriers. Join me in prayer, please. Father in heaven, I thank you so much that you are an amazing God. Your word is our foundation and our truth. Jesus Christ, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And today, let us just take a dive into what it really means to be rooted in love. Christ and to be that oak of righteousness planted by streams of living water. And Father, we want that, we desire that in our lives so that we can spread your good news, spread the truth about who you are so that we can be of service to others, so that we can be a blessing, and so that we can live ourselves with with joy and gratitude deep, deep, deep within us. Teach us what all these things mean. Show us how to make practical applications in our life. And I thank you, Lord, for each of these women here today and those folks who may just pop in on Facebook. I ask that you would tender our hearts and our minds to you so that we would know you better and bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's a wrap for today, Brain Changer. Join me next week as you are in for a treat. You'll hear from six shining stars and how they overcame a toxic thought or lie in their lives. We're going to put the kind of put the meat on these bones. They're real life people just like you and I who aim to live their best thought lives. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.